five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris Highlight Force, joined virtually, as always, by Omni and Omni Strength. Welcome, Omni. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing well. I'm, I'm very hyped for tonight. My sons have made it to the NBA Finals, and Game 1 happens today. It's been a while since I cheered for a team in the Finals. I think the Titans were the last, and that didn't end well, but... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Let's hope this one is a bit different. I, I have to concur. The Titans are the last team that I was able to cheer for that were in the final of a, a championship final of, of any sort. Uh, then I'd have to probably go back to the, the Vancouver Canucks in uh, 2011, which uh, fortunately uh, ended the same way the Vancouver Titans uh, championship final did. Although probably nice. with a bit less uh, burning and uh, destruction of property. Yes, yes. There was considerably less when the <laughs> when the Titans lost. But can, uh, can you imagine us just walking out of of the arena and starting to burn the city down yeah, after that? Yeah, loss? Walking out of sports bar, we'd be flipping keyboards. Yeah, and a bunch of nerds just tossing monitors off the overpass. <laughs> oh, yeah. But speaking of uh, Vancouver teams losing, um, got plenty. Yeah. Of that. Yeah, that, that's what happened this weekend. I mean, let's be honest. I don't think you or I were surprised by either of those results. No. I don't and think we'll be surprised uh, by these results going forward, unfortunately. No. I mean, there Any, were, there were some, some bright spots, but uh, the the end game, the end game has changed. The end game is now breadsticks. The end game is not actually right. winning right. a match. Right. It's breadsticks. <laughs> Everybody's cheering for us in that uh, on that front. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's better: cheering for the Vancouver Titans to get breadsticks, or cheering for the Shanghai Dragons to finally get a win. I don't know. I, I'm a fan of carbs, so I'll, I'll take the breadsticks. Yeah. Fortunately, though, we've got the Toronto Defiant to look forward to. Uh, they've got a couple good matches lined up this weekend. They are, are they're going to be in in tough. Um, but considering the performance that we've seen from both of their their opponents. Um, I'm kind of getting a good feeling here. So we'll get into those two matches. We obviously have everything that's going on in the Overwatch League and uh, a whole lot more. So uh, let's start pushing this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. When I was putting together the rundown, I actually was considering saying Vancouver loses 3 0 two times in a row. Uh, let's look forward to Toronto this weekend. Like, I didn't know if we should even recap the matches. That's how, b- how bad it's gotten. I think like, I don't feel any emotional connection to the team. I don't, I don't see a performance that I'm, I'm inspired to, to watch. Uh, I know there are those that are saying we're seeing improvements. I'm just not seeing them. I, I would like for someone to articulate how this Vancouver Titans team looks better than they did at the start of the season. And if anything, the only thing that I'm really curious about is the marketing play that they've got going with Pizza Hut, which, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, it's got legs and life of its own. I have no problem. I think from a business perspective, it's phenomenal. In fact, the Vancouver Titans are thinking next year, they're going to go and sell this type of idea to every, you know, promotional marketing person out there, but it's almost a meme. Sure. And I feel 
I would much rather have a competitive team than a team that's able to get breadsticks to its fans. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a joke in itself. It's it's uh, kind of like a G- cheese it grooves from last season. Yeah, it's not like uh, if the Titans were better, anybody would remember this uh, marketing ploy. It's because of, oh, it's so cute. It's the Titans. They have nothing going for them. Well, let's talk about these breadsticks that. In itself, just the the fact that we weren't able to achieve them at, at, at any point makes it even like uh, 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 more of a uh, I don't know a meme. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's brutal. Like the Titans, it's not this. I don't think it's as bad as as um, you know Shanghai's uh, first season because they have some decent players. They have like Dalton who does a thing or two in every game they have Teru who who kind of looks good and they have FRD but but guess what they while we have maybe two or three uh you know below average owl players and and I'm being generous as I said that uh, every other team not just started out stronger but it looks like every other team well may, there are a few exceptions of teams that are dr- uh, trending downwards but Generally, the NA region has become a lot stronger, yeah. and, and it seems like even those teams that we were hoping in the past that we might, you know, win against, like Boston or or, or Paris, it, it doesn't look like we can actually win or 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 be, you know, take them to even map five or something like that. It's just not 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 in the cards. It seems like we can talk a little bit. I don't know, map one uh Teru came back I was happy about it like I I didn't like uh how Teru wasn't played in in uh, last week's games so he, they played the doom sim and it's like they they the fights we do a, a lot of uh of 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 mistakes there's a lot of like thrown ults it's just an issue upon issue that hide the good plays that that even if we do get a pick and sometimes there is a brilliant play we have so many things that go wrong for us that we can't even capitalize off of that and or 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 uh yeah there was a point flip of a nice uh uh teleporter from from uh, uh vancouver uh there was a, a very close fight but like suddenly a player on the other team pops off it was naga in this uh lijang tower uh, uh map and the overtime attempts, you know, they, they don't have any impact. Control center was a little bit better. Like, it was still the same comp. The, the sim has become kind of a staple for Overwatch League in, in this uh, uh, stage. And Vancouver wins the first fight, right? They get the first cap. Teru, he, he kills the Junkrat. And it looks like uh, everything's looking maybe better for this team. And there was, like, a, a scrappy fight where... Uh, the point was stalled until we had like almost 50% in the capture, but but then Paris comes back and it doesn't look like you know they are in any risk at all. They win another fight. They're back on the sim and Doomfist. They're not playing the Junkrat anymore. Uh, FRD though, he comes up with a huge self destruct to you fl- flip it. And just like I said, sometimes they do have these good good fights. And and then there was another close fight where Teru. Uh, pops off and they cap again at 99 and this happened a lot right and we cap again when when uh, it was 99 um for paris and we recap but can they win uh they had many ults available but then like something weird happens teru just like i see him coming down from from high ground or maybe it was in mid uppercut and it's just the cree they come up with a cree and and 
and he kills him, and that's it. It's it's again uh, the momentum is back with Paris, and they lose basically a fight that was given to them for free, and they lost it, and it's you know now one zero, and then we go into Gibraltar, and uh, yeah, things there. Uh, the well, Junkertown after Li Jang. No, we had Gibraltar and then Volskaya. Am I? I'm looking at the right notes. I'm sure. Well, are you looking at Houston? Houston was Gibraltar. No, I'm looking at Dalton uh, when he came in for. Um, well, Linkser came Sig. in. I'm pretty sure it was Gibraltar. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like the. Oh, no, I mean it doesn't. I mean it, it, the. The yeah, like against Paris, same. it was Li Jang, then it was Junkertown, then Volskaya with Paris. Um, like, because the reason I, I distinctly remember Junkertown is I, at one point, I, I had to get up, tend to, to my daughter. I come back um, and I'm confused because the Titans are being spawn camped so hard that I'm actually thinking they're oh, the yeah, ones yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, spawn camping. The yeah, I wrote it by mistake. You're right. Yeah, it was like. The, the thing about the, the Vancouver Titans is we sort of see this change in the Junker Town. Linkser comes in for True, which you would argue makes somewhat sense yeah. if you're going to play Linkser on on the uh, the hit scale, or the projectile, sorry. Sure. But, and they played the Orissa Sig. They tried something else. Right? Yeah. But, but it, it, it just doesn't feel like the Vancouver Titans. Like, you know how last season we talked about how it felt to us, the Vancouver Titans were using matches as scrims. Like they were trying to figure their, their themselves sure. out as a team. Sure. I am getting that same feeling. And I know that's not true. I know they're scrimming, but it just doesn't feel like what they're either trying to attempt to do. They have the ability to execute on, or they're not entirely sure what they're looking to execute on. And I mm. think this comes back to the possibility that there's either a misunderstanding or miscommunication when it comes to coaching I mean, it's possible it's due to a lack of preparation. And if it's neither one of those two, then the only other point that sort of can be made is that the players themselves just aren't capable. Yeah, when, when it's so consistent, right? Being bad is so consistent. It has to be not just one factor. It might be the hmm. game plan's not good enough. And like, you know, in other sports, uh, when we're not talking about like kids who are like uh, following their passion and making it to the Overwatch League, People become ruthless and they say, well, this team is, you know, is, is just poo <laughs> lacking other word that I can use uh, uh, on this podcast. And, and at some point you just see like they're obviously each one of them is like they, they made it to the league and fair and square. And, and it's not their fault that this is how the team got assembled. But at, when you compare them to as a whole unit to another uh, team, even like Paris, who came out with like. They didn't have like staff at all, and and I think it mm. was Avala who had to like construct a team from like a bunch of contenders players. You see, there's more progress there than than on the Titans team. So something was, you know, not constructed correctly from the from the front office or something like that. And they they came at us with a lot of things. And on this uh, um, Junker Town, uh, they had the attack at first, and they played like. You know, the Genji, they played the ball, and they played Hanzo at the start. They have, like, a lot of flexibility, and it looks like uh, they, they beat us out. And and you're right, it, it's it, it's unfortunate. And and even before I talk about that bunker, 
like before, things are going for the Titans. They they actually made it to the end, right? But there were only 14 seconds in the time bank for Paris. It felt like they should have had more because it never like looked like Titans have any chance of stopping the payload. But then on 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 our defense, uh, sorry, on our attack, they just couldn't get out of of spawn. And once they were able to, it was too late. Yeah, no, that was a struggle. Like Vancouver has this ability to settle themselves down primarily on defense. And we saw them, you know, yeah, 14 seconds in the time bank getting all the way to checkpoint three would have been better not to have gotten all the way there, but regardless, that's, there's an opportunity to be had. Um, unfortunately for the Vancouver Titans, it took them until 14 seconds left to get out of spawn. Yeah. Right. Like it was, and it was brutal. The, the Paris eternal were playing with their food. And at one point, like I, I sat down and I'm like, this is what had me so confused. I'm like, why is Dalton popping dead eye there? Man, is Vancouver yeah. like, like suddenly turned it on until it clicks. Holy smoke. He had to pop dead eye so they could have an opportunity to get out of spawning yeah. into the payload to try to push it. Like it, it was completely nuts. And I, I, I think as a, as a fan, the most frustrating thing for me is that there's absolutely no answer for the Vancouver Titans against nearly any team in this league. Paris Eternal are arguably a better team than really anyone had given them credit to be, including us. But yet the Paris Eternal are a tier above the Titans. Yeah, and you can see that even like what you said, uh, once the teams are are done with every map and they show the face cams, the Titans are, you no longer see them very frustrated or de- dejected. And, and they're just, you know, looking at their screens and some of them are laughing and some of them are like, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, just to make it clear, I'm not criticizing them on that. They just know that's like, we can't do anything about this. I, I, I don't mean to say that, how can you be like uh, treating this like this or everybody should be depressed? No. I, I, I mean it exactly the opposite way. They they are smart enough. They they know this game inside and out, and they they know that like they might be like underprepared or or not good enough to compete with these teams. And and it's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. But this rolls into Volskaya, yeah. and it feels to me that Junkertown boomed them, and ultimately Volskaya was like, well, let's just get this over with. Sure, right? Like Paris saw absolutely no opposition on their attack. Yeah, um, Dalton, he, again, <laughs> the, Dalton gets the first pick, but it doesn't matter because they somehow, you know, Naga's Echo, Naga's been playing very, very well. He just erased Changsik, and then Changsik got picked a lot. It, feel, it feels like uh, in this stage, maybe teams know that maybe the team cannot really, haven't synergized with him enough, so they always put, like, a huge crosshair on him, and is, he's usually easily taken and once he's down uh there's no no really anything we can do about it and and on and they get like first point very quick and on the second point vancouver again they get picks in individual fights but they're so like spread apart everywhere and i'm not really sure what's going on but paris are not backing off point i remember clearly that our initial pick was on their main tank when they came on to point two but because the fights were so scrappy and all over the place, uh, their tank actually came out of spawn quick enough to to mm-hmm. cap the point. But while the fights were still going on, it's like we're getting those crucial picks, but it, there's just not enough firepower to to completely win a fight, to completely win a map, and ultimately 
that's why you can't even like win any game. And they cap pretty quickly with like four minutes almost in, in their yeah. timing. I think you are on to something, especially as it pertains to Changsik, because we'll talk more about this in the, the Houston uh, match, but Changsik drops quick. Like he, he is arguably the, the first pick. And if not, he's number mm-hmm. two, right? Right. And ultimately the Vancouver Titans, I think as a, as a team are all revolving around a main tank who's simply dropping early or drops early enough that then the dive takes place and then let's reset. Let's go back to spawn. When Shredlock was in place, there was always this conversation. Was it Shredlock is the issue or was it support is the issue? And I don't know if we ever had that answer, but I could say right now, I, well, one might suggest maybe Chang Six not getting the support that he needs to stay up. The fact remains him as a main tank is right now a weaker link for the Titans. Another weak link is seeing links or continue to play heroes that I can't imagine are his within his comfort zone. Right. And having links are in on heroes that Taru has arguably shown he's, he's adequate, if not better than adequate on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't understand the deployment of the players. Like, I don't know if there is something more going on behind the scenes between sort of Taru or links or yeah. whatever. And I'm not knocking links I think he's great. Yeah. He played uh, quite well on our offense on McCree. He did good work at the start. Yeah. It's just the, the thing about it is that it, it, it feels like Dalton Linkser are playing essentially the same heroes, but the Titans are not looking for the same heroes to be played on that map. <laughs> it kind of reminds me again of, of a uh, Tsuna Dalton duo. It's yeah, exactly. very reminiscent of that. Well, I just want to actually touch on something. So uh, our friends, uh, CAE sports, um, uh, they talked to Wheats, you know, former uh, coach here in Vancouver. He's now a uh, head coach for the uh, American tornado. And they asked him a little bit about sort of the star last season. And he said much the same thing that Justin had said. We went and brought in players based on a meta that we did not expect to shift. And then next thing you know, Genji is meta and they had nothing that they could do about it. But they understood with Suna and then bringing Shockwave in that they had three DPS with the same hero pool, but they were playing with the fact that they felt that that would be meta. Yes, Echo came into play and arguably Shockwave had one of the best Echo in, in the right, league when he right. joined, but it almost feels like they're just repeating the same mistakes that they made last year. Yeah. Like, again, I, again I'm, I'm so frustrated with this Vancouver Titans team. I mean, I've been frustrated with the organization for some time. I think that's quite clear. Yeah. But I'm becoming more and more frustrated with now the play that we're seeing. Everything is uh, too slow to adapt, too slow to react. On all fronts, you're right. It's not just like on the game. And I, I feel like in Overwatch League, uh, a lot of the things are are hidden behind the scenes and you can never really know what's going on. Yeah, Like it, you see this a ton of times in, in traditional sports. You hear so much stuff is going on behind the scenes. It's all discombobulated. It's all like not being managed properly. And it's all reflected on the court or on the pitch or whatever, on the rink. It's it's known. It, it, it is. It's been happening for decades. Just the fact that we don't know much doesn't mean that like there are no troubles. Like it's all you know. I'm just speculating in here, but you know, there's a lot of smoke. So I, I don't really know how to go around the fact that like it, it's 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 not working. At the end of the no, day, it like we play Overwatch for fun, and it's all good. These guys, these teams, this entire. Overwatch League structure is built around competitiveness, right? It's a competition. The goal is to win. It's not to, to have fun or like get more uh, viewers onto your stream. And Vancouver as a franchise is 
failing miserably to to achieve its only goal, which is you know being competitive. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so this three zero loss was the one game where we thought that the Vancouver Titans could potentially you know have any positive impact, and so that leads us into the the map against the Houston Outlaws, where the Houston Outlaws did play with their food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, the Vancouver Titans actually, you know, we've seen this this roster sort of mail it in after a tough match they didn't mail it in against the outlaws yeah, they probably played even better than against paris maybe it's just because paris uh played a bit like they took us more seriously i'm not sure but at least it was a bit better but the thing that actually irritated me and i don't know if there's any truth to this but some backstory here a question was asked in vancouver titans discord as to whether or not the players know about breadstick bingo and uh, Nason, one of the staff members, had said they talk to the coaches, and they say, "Here's the bingo board. Uh, will like, is there an opportunity for these to happen? Because they don't want to go and let's say, you know, mm-hmm. Genji gets a 4K if Genji's never going to see <laughs> yeah. the light of day, right? Like they they try to pick, you know, situations that might might happen. So they're they're almost cooking the books a little bit. But I get that. That I actually have no issue with. But then what do we see straight out of the gate on Nepal? We see something that we've never really seen Fried Wiener do before. Look for mech kills. Yeah. Now, why is that something that might irritate me? Well, that's that's on the bingo board. That's actually on the on the breadstick bingo, which again, if it's for fun, it's to give the fans something. I have no problem with this, but that's telling me that now the players are no longer looking to compete to win. They're looking to compete to get breadsticks. The priorities are wrong in that regard. Yeah, especially how they started on on Nepal. It was very bad. It was like a a hundred to zero. A bunch of ults are thrown at the wall. Really, nothing really happening. Yeah, but but the thing is, is that the first square on this bingo card was remet kills, <laughs> and the fact that Fred Wiener got that that part of the card stamped had me raise my eyebrow a little bit. Like, oh, that's interesting. We've never actually seen this. I wonder if this is a new tactic, but no, no, we started to see the Titans play almost to the breadstick meta, save for the, the last map on Hanamura where they, if they had put Somber in, that was probably what would have been best. But the, the thing about this is just that as a fan, I, I want, and maybe I'm old school. Maybe it's just because I'm an old man. Maybe it's just because of my traditional sports outlook. Mm-hmm. You play and you compete hard. Yes, you might not win every match. In fact, you may lose a lot. But you go in, you give it your all, and you do your best. Yeah. I feel that's not happening. And that's almost embarrassing. And I don't expect that anyone from the Vancouver Titans would question that because I don't think they actually pay attention to anything that we say. But if they do, then prove me wrong. Make an example out of me. Go and actually show me that this is the case. Not with words or tweets. Go and actually show us what we saw against the San Francisco Shock. The best match that we've seen from the Vancouver Titans all season was a 3-0 loss to the San Francisco Mm. Shock. And by golly, if I saw that every match, I wouldn't be so upset about this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've totally derailed our conversation. No, here about uh, the, the I, 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 I can totally echo your frustration. So, yeah. I mean, like Nepal, Nepal was a wash. Um, Village, I, I don't know. Like Village, again, 
Well, they had a better initial fight in the village, and it was too split. Like I, I thought Rolf and Teru played a bit uh, better in that map, but <laughs> just just wanted to mention before we go to Gibraltar the the, the bumper esque shatter from Jangu. Oh, hiding in the bush. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of. Actually, cool. I'm curious how they spotted him. I genuinely am. Yeah, the, it, the Titans actually scoped it out. Like, um, yeah, it was, surprised me. But. It was enough though. To, the damage was enough. Yeah. Um, but Gibraltar here, as we've seen in the uh, day before, Linkser swaps in for Teru. Yeah. I, I understand this shift, but what was interesting is we saw Happy play Widow, Linkser playing McCree, and then finally Linkser having to switch yeah, over to, to Widow. Off. And you know, Linkser was Dinkser. He was clicking heads. The problem right, is the Vancouver right. Titans had absolutely nothing to take advantage of that because one or two things was happening. One, they were coming back from spawn because Happy yeah. clicked their head. There was or a lot two, of staggers, yeah. They were they were just out of position, unable to capitalize, or playing so passive. Um, the uh, outlaws snowballed until nearer to the end. Yeah, like Dalton got slept once uh, in the shuttle. It caused a stagger, and they destroyed us for that. And then again, it happened. And, and then uh, there's this awful, once you leave the shuttle, this awful split uh, uh, mm. respawn where yeah, three where titans saw, had to like jump off the fire map. rolf and linkser <laughs> yeah. camera like uh, yeah three of them jumped and, off and the uh side. and i think it was the, the zarya if she was played yeah i think it was oh, fried. Yeah. yeah it was kind of sad like then uh linkser dies to a nade and and they they caught a break it it looked like a very 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 bad map for them uh on gibraltar mm -hmm. But then they want to fight from uh, a good uh, FRD grav. And it was record pace up until that point. It seemed like we're, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to be immortalized on the Again. top three for the, you know, the quickest time on Gibraltar. Um, and they tried to respond. But but this was probably one of the best, uh, like, holds from, from Vancouver. Not saying much, but I'm, like, just, you know, looking. I'm, I'm, I'm searching for crumbs really from for uh britsticks uh crumbs uh and, and there was like a good graph from piggy who killed two supports houston's tanks are really good all right oh well they, piggy they is what had yeah. a field day i mean he's he's top three across most of uh the off tank roles he plays Django, sure. uh, i've we've talked about him before he very much feels um like a bumper yeah like an aggressive sort of very assertive to the wall player yeah, yeah. i mean, and, i like that style of play though i love that yes 11 seconds in the time bank not a bad comeback from the titans on this defense well, con considering how right. to your point it right. was a record-setting run until yeah. the vancouver titans were able to to stabilize yeah they, and by stabilize they actually won consecutive fights which which usually usually doesn't happen and yeah. here it did for a while and on offense like they they went for the double shield with the Torb and the Widow like super bunker on on their defense, um, but but I liked the adjustment we did here. They scouted probably from the window right as you can mm -hmm. on Gibraltar, and they went for the mercy pocketed Hanzo to like erase those uh, shields. And the cart started moving, and and Lingzer gets happy at one of their you know you know face offs. And yep. Titans get they get like kills and, and I'm like, okay, they're they're starting to wake up and and then there's like our kryptonite, right? The shuttle phase. It seems like it's the worst, worst phase across all maps that are available in Overwatch. That's the worst for us. And now Houston also has that 
<laughs> neon green kind of made me think of that yeah. kryptonite analogy. And and Lingzert went to Ash, I think. And then again, they started abusing Changsik. But after like a bunch of fights and there were uh, good fights, uh, um, Dante and Jubio just wrecking our 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 uh, teams. Jubia is so good on that brig. But we actually, for the first time, I think, got to the second point on Gibraltar. Maybe not the first time, but it felt, feels like we never got out of that shuttle phase. Uh, Lingzer got a nice click on the Tracer, but Titans, you know, they, they went into this room and they got destroyed and they used Nano and Rally in that room. I don't know why. And that was basically the end of the game for us. Well, but that's the thing with the Vancouver Titans. Yeah. They they make real poor decisions right. in lost fight. Yeah. Right? Like we we talk about them us wanting them to be more aggressive and assertive. Aggressive and assertive does not mean stupid. Right? Like the conservativeness is when they have the opportunity to be aggressive. But when they go in rooms and they have lost fights, I, I Maybe, maybe they have so much confidence in themselves. They think they can pull themselves out of dire situations. And you know what? It does happen. Like look at the true blade on Junkertown. How many of our maps back where it's like the fight's lost and true is like Q. Yeah. It's not, it's not a smart play. Just the fact that, that it happened and it turned out into like a huge highlight doesn't mean it was a good decision. That's see, that's the thing is that that is low percentage. The thing is low percentage is not zero. Mm-hmm. Every so often you cash in. It's the reason my wife continues to play the lottery. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's a statistical tax. Yeah. Um, Hanamura. So if you're fried wiener, <laughs> poor guy, man, like, the stagger, oh, and it wasn't just one stagger. It was like every opportunity the outlaws had, they went to ensure <laughs> they, that Fried got to chill. and They just went through their cooldowns. Every character that had like a stall ability felt like oh. hours. Well, that one stall where he had two HP down in the stairs. I actually feel the Vancouver Titans, they needed to identify that you know, Fried was, was being stalled to death communicate so that he doesn't go and try to remake because the remake is where he actually goes and gets melted. Yeah. But the entire outlaw team was in the stairwell with them. So why don't you take that opportunity where the team, the outlaws are actually putting themselves out of position and try to capitalize on that. But what they do is you see fried going pot Q get bashed to death mm. and the Titans immediately like, okay, well, yeah, we're not going to get into this fight. Yeah. Let's wait for the respawn. Well, what Let's- can they do? Like they're well, on I, the high ground and being down a diva. Uh, well, no, this is the one where they're on the, the low ground. We're talking about the bottom stairs. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like this is where I feel that the the one opportunity the Vancouver Titans have to go in and take maybe a, a fight where they're down a player. Cause like Fry's going to, he's, he's dead. Like he's not yeah. coming out of this, but use this out of position opportunity to take advantage. Instead, the Vancouver Titans go and they do what they have to do. They go and they reset. And yes, when they had the same sort of stagger up top, there isn't anything more that sure. Titans can do. Cause yeah, let's have high ground, but this was the low ground. Like it's just, I am not a professional. I am not a coach, but I see this and in my mind. I'm thinking, isn't that where you go and try to maximize the opportunity? Like, yeah. what is it? That, why don't you do that? Like, I mean, nothing else is working <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, I'm just it, getting so worked up. It's the complicated and the simple things. You already mentioned this uh, before. Like uh, both teams played the same strat. Even like looking at this map alone on Han- Hanamura, 
how come when we got Narissa and they teleport above us, we don't consider pulling them off of that high ground? While we tried uh, going with the same strat on our attack, and well, easy. You just you know you have the Orisa pull, and they constantly just pulled someone off the the off the high ground. I, don't, I actually think this is on Changsi. Yeah, I, I think sure. I don't think he he is thinking to, of of that yeah, at all. Well, the Changsi situation, I'm not really sure how they're even coordinating stuff with him, or or how long have they had time to practice, or how good his English is. It's unclear. And, well, and I, and I, yeah, this is not a. I'm like, like I'm not knocking Chang. Right, right. It's just, of course not. He right now is a, it's a weak link, and whether it's ping related, language related, um, synergy related, we don't know what it is. But it's not helping the the Titans. Like there, it, there was, a, you know, in the final fight uh, on on Hanamura, where the, the outlaws were clearly going to win, uh, Chang gets his shift, and for one reason or another thinks it's a good idea to do so and gets booped off to, uh, sort of the, uh, the top level and has to walk up the stairs. Like it's almost as a, as a Reinhardt, you know, you're going to hit shift. You're going to make sure you're in a position. You can hit a wall. You don't take yourself completely out of the fight. Him doing that. Well, that's game over. Like this, this it's, it's decision-making hasn't been good. Yeah. It's probably fueled by frustration as well. And by uh, yeah, you know, and, the, and the mental fatigue of, of always losing it gets to you. Yeah, he and he acknowledged it on on social media, apologizing. Yeah. I don't didn't see what exactly had happened. It was on camera, but the, the point is, is just that you know it, it's not a him thing; it's a team thing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough to say this. Yeah. This team's no good. Now, it's the thing is, I don't think I've actually said that the entire season. Like I I I, I don't I do not have faith in this team any longer. Yeah, I, I I didn't have a lot of faith, but it, there was always like a maybe a sliver or like you know the fool's uh, hope of them. True. <laughs> we, we we're we're an optimistic podcast. If this is your first like uh, time tuning in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a lot to break us down like this, and, and I'm and, and I'm broken. Yeah. <laughs> When it comes to the Vancouver Titans, I'm broken. So let's let's actually move on to the team that I have some hopes with. Because if you recall last episode, I was talking about there would be a possibility that the Toronto Defiant could find themselves uh, at least playing for an opportunity to, to get to Hawaii. Now, you might suggest that I'm smoking a little something-something. But let's take into consideration who they're playing. They play on Friday, 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, the Los Angeles Gladiators, who in this stage have shown they are imperfect. Yeah. Now, I feel of the two matches, this is the match that the Toronto Defiant can take advantage of. And if they get one win, they're in. Like, that's that's all they need. They need a win. And, like, they're not into Hawaii, but they're in for the opportunity to get there. I have my concern with that, too. Like looking back at the Toronto's uh, like two wins, it was against the Titans, and now with everything we know about the Mayhem, you know their other win was a f- Map Five win against the Mayhem. Sure. Who are like spiraling down, and we're taking out three zero against Boston. Uh, it is uh, possible for sure. I'm not saying not, nah, but yeah, you're right. Like the Gladiators, well, look, I. The par- 
The Gladiators look tough against the San Francisco Shock, who arguably aren't as maybe the right. same team as we used to. Right, they're not the, they, the tier one for sure. They lost in a reverse sweep fashion to the Paris Eternal. And the Paris Eternal are, are again, they're a tier above the Titans, but I don't believe they're on the same tier as the Defiant. If the Defiant come out and play smart, execute the, the plan that, that's been put in front of them by KDG, mm-hmm. I feel the Defiant are in the better position. The Gladiators are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder because they know they can't lose to the Defiant. Uh, they have the Washington Justice on, the, on Saturday, which I can't even tell you what's going to happen there. Cause who knows what's going on with the justice these days. Um, <laughs> speaking of, of a team like Florida, the justice yeah. are in a similar situation. Similar, yeah. But this is the thing is I feel the Toronto defiant can beat the lads. It might be close. It might be three, two, but I just, there's something about this defiant team, especially yes. with a player like aspire on it that has inspired them. Mm-hmm. They, they definitely have to win against the gladiators. Cause I, I don't know about Dallas. Well, no. And I, I, I I don't know how you beat Dallas like this. They're, they're meta proof. Yeah. They, they do funky things. Like everybody's now following suit with the, uh, with the SIM strats and all that, but they were the first to like do that wild thing. And, and the amount of talent they have, and it's all just clicking, but the gladiators game, I think is winnable. Yeah. It won't be easy, um, but it's winnable. The score I give though three two. I'm I'm saying three two defiant. Yeah, I, I think I'm, it'll I'm, go I'm confident. I'm thinking that five back. games. Yeah, five maps probably. Yeah, there's no breadsticks involved with Toronto, um, and we don't know if the Vancouver Titans ever get breadsticks if people in Toronto will be qualify for them because the rules are so, you know, vague. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think Toronto. I think Toronto wins us in five. Now. We both alluded to the fact that on uh, Saturday, uh, then they play 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 Eastern against the Dallas Fuel. We're not as confident about this match. Yeah. Uh, I see. See, I think on paper, this is the match the Defiant win, right? On paper, Fuel Defiant, I feel the Defiant are the better team. Sorry, the Defiant win the game against Dallas? On paper. How come? I feel the roster that the Defiant have is better than the one the Fuel have. I, dis- but this is I, dis- I disagree. Paper or not, <laughs> or cardboard, whatever. Well, no, like I feel the Fuel are going to win, but I feel if, if you were to take out everything that we have seen from the Dallas Fuel to this point, save for the record, which obviously we can't take away from them, the Dallas Fuel and Toronto Defiant are much more evenly matched. And I feel the Defiant on paper have an edge. I disagree again. I, I don't see it. But sure, I I don't well, see in which position. Maybe you like the logo a bit more. <laughs> I don't know. Not in not in tank, not in DPS, and not in support. Oh man, no! I actually so I, where I would give the fuel and edge is on on DPS. But I feel as as far as their the roster is concerned, like you look at support, Jexy Repel, Fielder. Yeah, they're good. But I feel that Toronto fields a a better support line. I disagree. Oh, oh, I mean, we both agree that the defiant are going to lose to the fuel. Sure. Right. But that's again, because of whatever's going on, like the Dallas yeah. fuel have had a drink from the fountain yeah. of, I don't know, high SR. Yeah. And especially on tank. I think that that's where the gap is even bigger, but. 
Well, I guess it's the end of our podcast. You and I yeah, we're we're, we're disbanding. It's yeah. it's the end of the world. Like, who wants a heard. podcast where the two hosts uh, disagree? That's the worst, right? Yeah, it is the worst. Completely <laughs> the worst. Uh, man, I can't believe you're disrespecting Sato and Michelle like that. I don't disrespect them, but man, Fearless and Hanbin, come on. Like, I don't see them as being significantly better. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I will respectfully disagree with that. Oh, man. Just, you're just a Toronto hater. No, I'm are. not. I, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Toronto hater. You got me. You got me. So, and I, so like the reason why I sort of look at DPS as being uh, sort of a difference is yes, I am big on Aspire. I think Naist has, has potential. Um, Hisu is, is solid, but no, that's where I feel that right now, the only you know, damage dealer Toronto has that's proving that they're on their game is Aspire, whereas with Dallas has that advantage. When I look at support, like to me, Lastro and Ansu J have been uh, proving out that they're they're more than that adequate in that role. Aztec can slide in. Sure, I'll give you that. They're close in support. Yeah. So, uh, what do we what do you have that match coming out as? Uh, three one Dallas. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I got three one here in my notes. Yeah. Anyway, my, like um, maybe my prognostication will even no i'll, I'll keep it at three one because you know i have now like i'm i'm looking well for, yeah you're, you're, big leagues you're now. looking for the trophy <laughs> i uh, think you want the figurine yeah it's a lucio one this time right mm-hmm. those are expensive I'm, i i won't mind but it is <laughs> yeah well we'll get into the pickums in the fray um just to point out though like right now we're looking at the west standings the paris eternal have locked in their their spot for uh, the playoffs at a three one record Ultimately, 3-1 is probably going to get you in um, based on uh, the teams that still have matches to, to play. The only two teams that are completely out of it for certain, Florida and Vancouver. London's going to join them at 0-2. What is interesting of all of these teams, the San Francisco Shock are sitting from the sidelines with their 2-2 two two record with a zero map differential. And they have absolutely the, nothing that they can do to, to get in. Like even Toronto... If Toronto were to go in and let's say Toronto were to, to lose both and let's say they lost three, one, three, two, Toronto still has a better map differential than the San Francisco shock. Mm -hmm. Like Toronto could actually lose three, one both times. And at that point they actually equal the San Francisco shock map differential. So like Toronto, I feel is in a really good position. Granted win in their in is a much better way than lose both. And, you know, hope uh, that, uh, Aaron Keller can can swing the the mojo your way. Uh yeah. So, anywho, all that to to come obviously this weekend. Uh, we're gonna take a short break here before we dive into the fray. Before we get into the week that was, uh, let's talk about uh, the week that was before the week that was. Uh, Last episode, we talked, obviously, uh, as to any changes that had happened, and we saw sort of some changes taking place in the the regards to San Francisco, what have you, New York. Um, But then Florida goes and and puts out the statement that uh, 
Simply put, says, things ain't going so well. OGE is going to go and sit down and consider things. Well, Checkmate subs in for him. What is going on in Florida? Yeah, how bad things must be if you have to come out with such a statement that's weird. It is so weird. Like, and this, like Checkmate played like, you know, crazy main tank mental. In fact, Florida was playing double main tank, <laughs> which is a new meta. But, but like, for all the things that I said earlier about the Vancouver Titans, yeah. at least I can tell you, here's a lot of things that are going wrong with the Vancouver Titans <laughs> from what I see. With Florida, it's like, Man, say if what? I, if I was a Florida fan, I'd be very upset. Very yeah. upset at this. It's, yeah. And and they, they, they make this announcement by saying, yeah, we sort of looked at who was available too, and we decided Checkmate was the best route. Like, <laughs> what? Like, OGE is that bad that not only is OGE benched for a bunch of people that just are worse or not as good as him, yeah. but then they're bent. The, all of these people who might be available. Yeah, and I don't think they're like, no better than Checkmate. I didn't think that Checkmate performed better than OG in, in their game. Like, to be honest, I'm not sure what's going on. There might be like some uh, mental issues, probably. Like, I'm not just, just guessing, obviously. Uh, it's, it's very strange, very strange, very, very strange. But I mean, that happened. And so the Florida mayhem who we might have told you had opportunity did not, um, they're over on the, uh, on the stage, but let's talk a little bit about what did go on. So the San Francisco shock beat the Paris eternal three, one to kick the weekend off the Atlanta rain, beat the Washington justice three Oh, the Philly fusion beat the Guangzhou charge three on the Shanghai dragons beat the Seoul dynasty three Oh, which you and I, I think would be genuinely surprised. We thought that would have been a lot closer. Yeah. Shanghai, they're kind of detaching themselves from the rest of the APAC region, which was rightfully criticized for just, you know, losing that edge. And Mm -hmm. most of the teams are just like dropping down to mediocrity a little bit. As we already know, the Paris Eternal beat the Vancouver Titans 3-0. And what I would say is one of the matches of the weekend, the Dallas Fuel and Florida Mayhem had a whole lot of crazy with the Dallas (laughs) Fuel coming out 3-2. Now, it's match of the weekend not because it was two really good teams. It was match of the weekend because, oh my goodness, it was nuts. Yeah. It it, it felt like a Chengdu game. Yeah, Chengdu versus Chengdu. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was crazy. Um, Houston outlaws, they beat the San Francisco shock three, one um, looking very good so far. Very, very good. Uh, Seoul dynasty beat the Guangzhou charge three, two, the Shanghai dragons beat the Philadelphia fusion thrill, which again, that's another match we had said would have been closer. It wasn't. So to your point, Shanghai is they're, they're just saying we're, we're tier one. Everyone else is yeah. tier three. Uh, and then uh, Dallas fuel kicked things off by beating Atlanta rain three, two again, another match that was interesting and and compelling to watch maybe dallas players are paid by the hour so they're like extending their game (laughs) (laughs) Um, houston outlaws as we already know beat the vancouver titans 3-0 and the washington justice beat the florida mayhem 3-0 themselves um i would say that that was them making a statement but again we don't know what's going on in uh in the, the mayhem the mayhem in mayhem let's talk about the week that will be now the Week starts off on Thursday. It was um, <clears throat> keeping score at home. Uh, Thursday at uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, the Atlanta Rain are going to take on the London Spitfire, followed by the Boston Uprising and the Houston Outlaws. Ooh, that's um, a good one. That should be a good one, but Houston is looking mm-hmm. real good, yeah. and I feel that Boston is 
is running up against a team that's not going to be as easy as yeah. the, the teams previous. Um, fast forward to the wee hours of the morning, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. The Hangzhou Spark take on the New York Excelsior. Chengdu Hunters take on the Philadelphia Fusion. And the Los Angeles Valiant, if they're smart, don't show up against This is going to be a close Dragons. one. And this is actually uh, uh, at uh, the uh, Jeon New Sports Center. So this is going to be live audience. Oh, uh, is this the home base for the Shanghai Dragons? Um, it's in Shanghai, actually, right? I guess. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I just, I know it's an in, it's going to have an in-person audience. So Interesting. Uh, Excelsior Spark is your encore um, because obviously Excelsior there. Uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Uh, the Washington Justice take on the London Spitfire. As we already know, the Glads and Defiant face off. The Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws. Oh, play. yeah. And let's this, go. Like this is this Battle of Texas is becoming more and more compelling. And you have the Dallas Fuel, who are this unbeatable meta proof machine, versus the Houston Outlaws, who have decided that they want to be the top tier team in the yeah. North American region. And their games are always good. So okay. this one is going to promises to be a really good one, too. Yeah, I just checked that's in Shanghai. So it's going to be, okay. uh, yeah, obviously it's not in Los Angeles, right? No. <laughs> or the Valiant. So. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. If it was. Yeah, everyone's coming over to LA for the value <laughs> at two in the morning. Yeah. Or time. Um, Saturday, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, New York Excelsior take on the Philadelphia Fusion, the Los Angeles Valiant take on to the Chengdu Hunters, and the Hangzhou Spark take on the Shanghai Dragons. Excelsior and Fusion are the encore match. It feels to me that Excelsior and then Philly are always the encore match. Yeah. Well, the New York Philly part makes sense because yeah. you've technically got your regional fans. Right, but right, yeah. right. Yeah, putting LA in an encore match makes absolutely no sense just because who in LA still follows that team? Yeah. Uh, Saturday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Atlanta Rain are going to take on the Boston Uprising. This should be a good match. Or Boston, uh, they have teams. a brutal week. Yeah, but I think Boston, I actually think Boston has an opportunity against the Rain. I think they're much more evenly matched up. We already know the Defiant are taking on the fuel. And then the wrap up the weekend to get into uh, sort of the play-ins are the Justice and Gladiators, which I, I don't know what to tell anyone about the Justice these days. They have good weekends. They have bad weekends. Who knows what weekend this will be? Yeah. Depends on what Decay plays. I don't know. Yeah. And then on Sunday, it's all play-ins. And we don't know who's playing yet because uh, those uh, standings have yet to be sorted out. Lots of gray tracer logos. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Pickums report. Uh, I understand, Ami, you had a good weekend. Uh, yeah, not bad, not bad. I had so many, like, three-pointers there. It's like I, I couldn't even miss. <laughs> I'm, I'm tied 18th right now global just saying yeah. just saying so i'm tied oh i don't know what tied as i'm i'm currently ranked 10,687 <laughs> global i got a five digit rank for global but then when i'm i'm looking down the list here for omnistrife he's got a rank 33 but that's because the pickums page doesn't actually go in and differentiate the 20 of you that are tied at 64 points yeah the thing about this you're only four points out of first yeah it's it feels like it's close, but it's it's also pretty far. 
Um, this obviously leads into the RSP leaderboard for the summer showdown. Uh, and uh, in the summer showdown right now, you have yourself 64 points, as we've already talked about. You're first place. You're well ahead of Kevin, who is 56, and uh, Sir Dr. Jam at 52. Uh, me, I'm ranked 11 with 26 points. I'm having a bad stage. Yeah, um, summer's not kind to you. No, it, it has not been kind at all. And so as it stands, I'm I'm pretty much out of the mix. Like I don't I'm I'm doing so poorly here that I'm probably behind Sam. Uh on the total I mean, so let me well yeah, okay. Maybe no, like so there, we have out. Sam Sam. There's we have two Sams. There's Sam Sam and then there's you know chicken You're Sam. You're still in the top ten, I see. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's just because I've had a you know good week. Yeah. Anywho. Um, but it's not too late to get into the RSP Pickums. Obviously, the summer showdown's probably coming to a close, and it might be a little late to go and get yourself on the leaderboard there. But the countdown cup starts soon, and that will be the final stage to get in for all of the marbles. There have been some moves. Um, a couple of them. Uh, so the New York Excelsior made a couple. They added Kalios uh, as a, a new off tank, and they announced that uh, Undine is their new assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, a move that kind of was interesting, only because of the language within the announcement. Uh, the Chengdu Hunters announced that Elsa was retiring. But the language of the announcement, which maybe is somehow lost in translation, goes along the lines of the player and us were having conversations and we couldn't come to an understanding and the player has retired. Yeah, those are so vague. It's... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't want to say anything without upsetting anyone, so I'll just refrain from it. But it's again, maybe it's 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 a loss in translation. Probably but it just it reads as if it wasn't a mutually agreed upon <laughs> parting of ways. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's like I had a performance review of my employee, I decided to fire him. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. After a, a conversation that we could see, we no, mutually no agreed. We mutually agreed uh, that he was fired. Yeah, like that's weird. Oh, anyhow, um, we probably will see a few more moves as we get into the the month. Um, Have you seen the rumblings create... of the Titans moves? Well, did you see the eye emoji from RSP's Twitter account? Oh, yeah, I did not. So yeah, well, we'll talk about it if it comes to any fruition. If it does, so I, I will. I will tell everyone who is listening at this point. Um, I don't know with any level of certainty that I would go and put my Twitter account on it, as we've discussed in the past. Right. For us to go and say, "Hey, we think this player is going to become a Titan," or "We think this player is going to be a member of the Defiant," we have to be like relatively certain, and I'm not relatively certain about uh, what we uh, what we are hearing. I have some level of certainty over one of the two. And I mean, I'm, I shouldn't beat around the bush. I mean, it's uh, uh, Lugnino and, and uh, Icy, but or Ice, those are the two players where the, the scuttlebutt is. But uh, I, I don't want to go and say which of the two I am more certain of, simply because I'm, I'm still uncertain. It's the source of the information. There are some people I just trust a whole lot more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has been going on? Um, Ryan Nicholas has returned to connect sports and entertainment for those that have been following us a while. He was actually 
relatively involved with the esports side of the business, especially when the team went and completely went radio silent and wasn't talking to, to its community or fans. Um, he did step into that void. So it'll be interesting as to whether or not he sort of then takes esports back under his fold from a, a management perspective. But that's again, that's more operation or not operational, but more on the business end, not like team management players and, and what have you. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, the other sort of big news that, uh, that, uh, hit the street is that, uh, the United States government is taking a, a, a look-see at the Overwatch League, mm-hmm. um, over anti-competitive, Uh-oh. um, behavior. Uh, now every, I mean, we, we, we actually, in a previous episode, we had spoken to, to Marius, uh, Dominica who, who joined us. He's an esports lawyer. And we'd asked a number of questions sort of about esports law and the overwatch league. And he had talked about how there being, you know, a variety of different, uh, sort of facets of, of the sport as we know it. And the fact there wasn't case law, but when it comes to, um, anti-competitive properties or antitrust as it would be considered in the United States, uh, antitrust will get you about the only sport who can get away with it is the major league baseball, because back in 1922, the Supreme court of the United States essentially said that major league baseball didn't have to worry about competition. Um, but no other professional sport in the United States gets that, uh, it's just level a sport of sport uh, made to sell exemption. beer and hot dogs. So, yeah, but I, I, like, I feel that we're, we're possibly going to see stuff like this happen. Yeah. And then, you know, the, you can read up, uh, on, uh, on the article, um, I'll include it in the show notes, but, uh, simply put like the talks like, well, if they had a union, a players association or something that had negotiated a salary cap, then the salary cap's okay. And as Marius has sort of said, unionization or, or, or organization within sort of the Overwatch League or in esports, while possible is highly unlikely due to the complexity of things. Um, and the fact that these leagues are still not all that mature. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how this situation gets resolved. Um, and it's not to suggest that there's a problem yet. Um, again, yeah, just, this government's just taking a look-see. Apparently the pro- the biggest like issue is that they don't have like a, uh an agreement with, with the player base because there's no union and they still have a salary cap, which that's like the pro- big issue. You cannot have a salary cap if it's not agreed upon by the players too. Yeah. And again, it's on dot sports, Jacob Wolf, Liz Richardson, um, put together this, this, you know, phenomenal article. I encourage you to read it. I'll include the link in our, our show notes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that, that trickles out. Cause it also, I think has a bigger impact on esports in general. And, Keep in mind that while the Overwatch League operates as an American or North American entity, it is a multinational entity in so much that there are Canadian franchises, franchises in the EU, uh, Asian franchises. Um, if the United States government were to determine that these are anti-competitive prop, um, practices, I can't imagine what the European Union will think. Hmm. Like the European Union, I think, stricter. tends to yeah. yeah, much more strict in that regard. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, but here we are at the end of a end of another uh, show. That's not uh, too smoking hot because we're recording uh, well, actually a little bit earlier than we would normal we do. But we're here. Mm-hmm. Oh man! But uh, yeah, I mean things are are starting to wind down, and we have the Vancouver Titans who now have a another month long break. They don't play again until August. Yeah, that's a that's a while. 
Hopefully the Toronto Defiant to play beyond this. Play a little bit more, yeah. (laughs) Right to to give us uh, some something to talk about and uh, some action to continue to to watch. I I enjoy watching Overwatch League, sort of the playoffs, but um, I was I got to thinking, and so I don't recall if our listeners remember, but uh, the High Noon podcast, which was one of the the premier Overwatch League podcasts, uh, it still is. They've they've gone into hiatus. but uh, they had sort of shared, and this was from Deathblow, but they had said that they just weren't really keen on how Overwatch had sort of evolved. And to sort of quote them, with pull, we've pulled no punches on our opinion on the tournament format, and both of us are significantly less interested in covering the O-W-S-O-L-R-T-T-C-I-K-O-A-C-T, or Overwatch sort of loosely related tournaments that culminate in kind of a championship thing. And I, you know, at the time when I read that, I'm like, well, I don't think it's that bad. But the structure is such that if you're a fan of a team like the Titans, you go through one month breaks where there's absolutely nothing for you to really pay attention to outside of the league. Now, if you're a fan of the league in general, that's good. But I am a biased sports fan. I support the teams I support. I pay attention to them and I then passively pay attention to everything else. Like I have actually very little idea what's going on with the NHL Stanley cup playoffs. I mean, I know that the Montreal Canadians finally won a game and are now down three, one, but I'm not watching it. I'm, it, I have no interest because my team that I support is not there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, basketball. I'm not into basketball because I yeah. don't have a team. I, I kind of on the other side of this fence, I, I get what you're saying and what, you know, death blow, I mean, for me, to me, it's like an odd hill to die on if you're like willing to put your uh, um, put your podcast on on hiatus because of it. Because you never really know uh, if your team is gonna reach it or not, and 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 it's kind of odd because they don't really have their podcast is not really affiliated with a single team, and they're like more of a league podcast. And when you look at it from this perspective, I think it. It did make it a lot more interesting with these uh, formats. It's like the original format with, you know, stage one, two, stage. three, and four, where they just gave them fancy names and associated some skins with them. But outside of it, it's like, it's pretty much the well, same. And well, then I, on that note, like putting our podcast on hiatus, that part I get. This podcast would probably go on hiatus if you or I no longer enjoyed what we were doing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and just, that's that's the just, point that they're trying to raise. Yeah, well, just then say this. Don't say like, oh, because of the formatting of the tournaments. It's 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 just bull. Well, if there's one complaint I have about the tournaments is that there are these one month gaps for the Titans to get like the turn. Like around. I like the yeah. I like the stages and I like the tournaments, but the structure of it is such that a team that you could support. Mm has extended breaks. Well, COVID didn't help, right? With them having to travel to Hawaii and all that, I guess. Well, no, no, but like, but even then, like I, I understand, you know, there's some complexity here, but there could have been a better solution available. Like, I, and I don't know, you know, I don't have the answers to what that was, but when you have teams who, who get these extended breaks, like the Vancouver Titans, they have what five matches left. Yeah. Right for next stage, and then we don't truly know what the playoffs and playoff format will be. But the Vancouver Titans are going to likely finish at the bottom of the table. The only way they finish above the the London Spitfires if they win that match. I have no faith that the Vancouver Titans are going to win anything more than that. I don't even have faith that they'll win that one. Yeah. Well, 
what can you do? Uh, like, if you're the worst, you're I can the complain worst. complain about you, it on my podcast. This is like you're just facing the consequences of, of, of you being so bad, like the Titans. You you cannot escape the fact. And and if you had smaller breaks, then guess what? You'd just be smacked around during those uh, times. It's just, you know. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'd probably be complaining about them getting beat yeah, down. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, we need some right? break to sure, recuperate sure. and prepare for the meta. uh i just yeah i i agree it's just bad all around there's no positives to it at all yeah and i and i i could be saying the same thing about any other team um and maybe who knows you know what maybe if the vancouver titans were somewhat successful and the toronto defiant didn't have a a tough stage where where COVID did them in um maybe i would be singing a different tune but right now it just feels to me that as compelling as the sort of the Hawaii action has been, which it's been phenomenal. It just seems like we're watching the same thing on repeat. Yeah. Right. And that's the part, I think that's the part that's maybe more trying. This is, we're not seeing that variety. Um, We're not seeing the teams that we might support play frequently. Like if the Toronto defiant don't play beyond this weekend, they too don't play again until August. Right. That's those are long breaks in what's now becoming, you know, a pretty long season and having gone as long of a break as we did in this last off season, I hope they don't go as long as they did. Like that'll be tough. I actually, I genuinely wonder about the future of our show. If there isn't anything for you and I to talk about, like we may truly become ready, set ball and just start talking basketball. <laughs> Dead game. Bring Sam back. You can talk about the trailblazers. You can, he can, you can talk about the suns and I can just complain about it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Anyhow, enough of all that. Um, if you want to complain about me, the best way to do about that is uh, join our discord, discord.io slash ready, set phone. You can jump in and say light force, your takes are bad. Or you could say light force, your takes are good. That works too. Um, and also you can drop us a review uh, if you would like on any podcast platform that takes them. Podchaser.com slash ready, set phone is one of them. And uh, let us know how you think our show has been. And with Podchaser, you can also tell us about a specific yeah. episode. Uh, but what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our listeners there, Ani? What we post on the internet echoes in eternity. Be careful. It does. It does. <laughs> um, my words of wisdom. I emoji times three. So on behalf of Ani at Ani Strafe, myself, Chris, at Lightforce, you can find us online at ReadySetPone.com and at ReadySetPone on all the social media platforms. Catchphrase!